5: Plenty to catch you up on here on Betting Across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. It has been... A news-filled Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon for some of you thus far. We're here in Las Vegas at the South Point. I'm Adam Candy, of course, always joined from Denver, Colorado by James Salinas. As we have big news in the NFL, a star-wide receiver is on the move. But we want to get you the most updated information for the Atlanta Hawks and Philadelphia 76ers kicking off their Eastern Conference semifinal here in just a few minutes. Let's get you the key pieces of news first here, James. Joel Embiid is in. He will start. That knee injury is not enough to keep him out of game one. However, on the other side, DeAndre Hunter, who has been a key cog in the rotation for the Atlanta Hawks, will not play. He has been ruled out also with knee issues. We've seen this line move as expected on the news of Joel Embiid being out uh, I should say in the game, my apologies, not being out. Four and a half is the move in some spots. Five largely across the board for the Philadelphia 76ers with a total of 221. Uh, James, now that you have this news on Embiid, how does it change how you're looking at attacking this game in-game?
6: I think it's going to be, let's see what Embiid looks like out on the court offensively is one part, but defensively, what are the Hawks going to do with Embiid when he is when they have the ball? And I think what I would, I mean, I really think they should pull him out. He's got that knee injury. You're talking about a torn meniscus. He can make that worse, but it's really going to affect his lateral movement. Well, let's pull. He's a big fella as it is, really can patrol the paint and protect the rim, pull him away from the basket. How, how does Philadelphia respond to that? How do they respond if that's in case what, that's what we're going to see? out of the Hawks with the ball screen offense, especially with Trey Young. And we know how 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 potent he can be from shooting the basketball as well as his ball handling skills to be able to, to slip inside of those ball screens and get into the paint and shoot those little floaters and or hit spot up shooters. And I think that's where for Atlanta, Bogdanovich is going to have to have a big game. He had a lot of clean open looks in that series against New York game after game and game after game. He missed more than he made. I think he shot about 33% in that series from three. They need to have a bigger series from him from shooting the basketball here. But this is what I want to see. So we'll, they're getting ready to tip it off here in a few minutes. That number has ticked up to five. But now that total is really dropping, Adam. It's now down to 219 in some spots. It was 221 and a half earlier. A lot of buyback coming in now on that total. Uh, this number's moving all over the place. This is the beauty of in-game. This is where we're going to be able to get after it. And we're going to be watching this game for the next two hours hours. That's exactly where I thought that total might start moving James. Although
5: here in Las Vegas, you can still get a 220 and a half if uh, you want to grab that under and the difference here is the Philadelphia 76ers play at a completely different pace when Joel Embiid is on the court versus when he's off the court, they go a lot smaller when he doesn't play and there are going to be more possessions in any given game in which the Sixers do not have Joel Embiid. They are much more inclined to play that half court game with Embiid in, and, and also think about it from this perspective uh, with a hobbled Embiid, they're certainly not going to try to get into run and gun games. So that move expected, but as you said, if you want to be able to get on and under, I want to wait a little bit and see if uh, either team comes out with hot shooting can move that total back up a little bit to something a little more favorable than that 219 that you're seeing there. Uh, James, the one way that I attacked this thing pregame was with Trey Young over three-pointers. Granted, just a 34% three-point shooter on the season, but Trey Young has, in the past two games, attempted 25 three-point shots. Uh, if you give him anywhere near that shot volume, I am comfortable that he's going to get over two and a half. And the reason I like it so much is that I got plus plus one fifty on that. So if you give me something that's essentially a coin flip outcome for Trey young, which it has been in the playoffs, he's been three, three and four in three of the five games that they've played for three pointers. I'll go ahead and take that plus money on Trey young. The other thing I might think about is if you were looking at Tobias Harris props, uh, if DeAndre Hunter is not going to be locked up on Tobias Harris, that definitely opens up the possibilities for Harris. He averaged 25 points per game in the first round series against the Washington wizards and someone who with a 23 and a half hanging on him certainly has the ability to go, over that uh, pretty handily if he's not being deed up by the best that the Hawks have to offer in terms of individual defense. This is v betting across America from the South Point in Las Vegas and from Denver, Colorado. I'm Adam Candy here inside the Sportsbook. James Salinas joins me from Denver, Colorado. In just about an hour, our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel will join to get you ready for Game 7 between the Mavericks and the Clippers. Will a home team finally win a game in that series? We will find out as they settle the final outstanding series in Game 1. I should say in Round 1 in the NBA Uh, James, the big news of the day that we need to recap for everyone who might be interested in looking at some futures is the Julio Jones move from the Atlanta Falcons to the Tennessee Titans. Titans were eight or nine to one on that futures board of where Julio Jones might end up. We, of course, know that AJ Brown, the receiver for the Titans, was making recruiting videos, which he tweeted this morning he should get a commission from uh, for getting Julio Jones over to Tennessee Titans. But we've seen the odds on the Titans now, James, shift from uh, to plus 105 to win the AFC South. Not a lot of move for them in terms of their futures for the conference or for the Super Bowl. Titans get Julio Jones. They also send a sixth round pick. The Falcons ultimately end up getting a two next year and a four in 2023. Uh, Julio Jones to the Titans, replacing Corey Davis, who went to the Jets in free agency. Your thoughts.
6: Let's see how many games Julio Jones can actually see on the field. We have 17 games now this season coming into 2021 and just another game potentially for Julio Jones to not be on the field and I think that's the unfortunate piece with Julio. He's such a talented receiver and such an impact on the field when he is healthy. So let's just talk about it from the standpoint when he is on the field and healthy and how does he match up now and paired up with Brown on the other side and I think this is for, for the running game in particular particular, I think this helps the running game and Derrick Henry, because we saw as the latter part of the season wore on, and in particular that playoff game against the Ravens really just stacked the box up there and were solely focused on stopping the running game with Derrick Henry. He did not go anywhere in that matchup and really weren't afraid of any kind of deep threat coming from Tennessee to be able to make any big plays over the top, partially maybe with the current receivers that they had, but also Tannehill and his ability to hit open receivers and make the right read and make the right throw. That uh, That's something where, at least with Julio, yeah, some quarterbacks can throw receivers open and some receivers make their quarterbacks look a whole lot better. So he's going to help Tannehill a ton. I think it's going to help the, the the offense as far as the running game is concerned, and in particular, the play-action pass game after that running game with Derrick Henry. But to me, the bigger piece is defensively. It's still yeah, this is still a team that didn't rush the passer all season long. Uh, they were struggled in the secondary, and they really struggled to stop the run. These moves that they've made in the offseason, I don't see how they're I don't see how they get any better on the defensive side. So yeah, they're gonna need uh, the, the the Titans are gonna need Julio Jones to be on the field for 17 games this season because they're gonna need to score points because their defense is going to allow a lot of points all season long.
5: Well, James, uh, that defense obviously not a concern for the guys behind the counter as last hour when we talked about this, and I was kind of going on that information when we first started talking here. The Titans were 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they at Bet MGM have moved down to 25 to 1 uh, to win the Super Bowl, 12 to 1 to win the AFC. I don't know about you, but I don't know many wide receivers out there who
6: are worth uh, a move from 40 to 25. think books just protecting themselves from any kind of liability just in case uh, this really turns out to be that big of a a big of an impact for them to get to the Super Bowl this is not a Super Bowl caliber team they couldn't get out of the first round last year I think there's regression coming for this team we talked about the defense and uh, you got to have stops you got to stop people you can't just get out there and and continue to try to outscore folks and I think yeah Tennessee's offense now with Julio Jones when he's healthy on the field that's going to make that offense pretty potent and really help Derrick Henry when it comes to the running game and you're not going to be able to creep those safeties up into the box like they were doing in particular in the playoff game last year because there's going to be the threat of Julio Jones over the top and running any route within the route tree but I think yeah as far as as far as looking for me to get involved with them whether it's season win totals whether it's getting going to the Super Bowl or even winning that division to me they're still the second best team in the AFC South and no plays for me with any of these futures i think we're gonna see regression coming from the tennessee titans from their 11 and 5 season of a year ago
5: i have to be honest about my thoughts uh here with this division if 10 wins gets up on the board uh, 10 wins realistically could win this division uh just based on how rough it's going to be I, i i like what the colts have done defensively i'm selling carson wentz and maybe they can get him back to being an average quarterback but I don't know that you're going to get out of Carson Wentz, even what you got from Phillip Rivers ultimately last year, because Phillip Rivers put up an above-average season. Carson Wentz uh, ranked down with uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Drew Locke in terms of pro football focus grades, so maybe the move back to Frank Reich has some future impact for the Colts. Maybe that defense can carry them through, but of course you got the Jaguars and the Texans in that division. I, like you, James, do not buy uh, the Tennessee Titans defense and haven't uh, for the last couple of years, so uh, much to come here as we are of course still in early June and training camp still a good solid six weeks away for the Colts and the Titans and everyone else as well we have plenty to get to before then though the game seven between the Mavericks and the Clippers is on tap for later this afternoon I'm really happy we don't have to talk about injury news for this game, James, because every other series we're talking about some sort of significant injury, and it looks like Luka Doncic uh, is fine to go. Clippers are laying 6.5. This total is at 2.10.5, and and as you mentioned uh, last hour, that was 2.15, not all that long ago. and Game 7s, the later we get into the series, teams tend to value those possessions a lot more
6: highly not only value the possessions, right, because everything's on the line, so you want to make sure you're getting the best – a scoring opportunity you can within each shot clock and I think we start to see those shot clocks wind down shots Coming much later in the shot clock pe- possession by possession to your point Adam Valuing the basketball, but also I think the other part that we we need to discuss is the fatigue factor that sets in To a game seven and we're talking about each one of these games Especially the first I mean they've been very competitive games And then they get kind of lopsided one way or the other as the as come fourth quarter and so much of that to me comes down to fatigue and you think about the star players on both sides Donkic on the Mavs side and then the the star power and the championship medal that you get out of Kawhi Leonard that definitely showed up in the fourth quarter in game six but he didn't have to carry the load for four quarters in that game six it was really Reggie Jackson the Mavs came out played some zone early and really allowed Reggie Jackson to to get some open looks and move that zone around I don't know if we'll see the Mavs come out with that zone because it's Zones are easy to beat if you can shoot the basketball, and the and the Clippers can shoot it. It got Reggie Jackson off. He had a great first quarter and really took some of the scoring burden off of Kawhi Leonard. So I think what I'm going to do here, since I missed the best number at, I, I like the under two. I would have loved it at 215. It's sitting at 2 210, 210 and a half for the most part. Starting to get juiced to the over a little bit, but I I, miss, I don't like making a play when I miss the best number. Now what we've seen out of these teams, and especially with Luka Doncic in the first half, and in particular. In the first quarter he comes out gun he comes out firing he's he, he he's rested he's ready to go in that first quarter uh, but then we've seen him start to really defer in that second half because fatigue is setting in for luka Doncic because he has to do and he brings the ball up he's facilitating the offense he's not a catch and shoot guy or getting getting balls off the bounce from his teammates to get open shots he has to do it all and i think that's where i'm going to look probably a second half line or somewhere in game looking at at playing this total under because I think when we get to the second half we're going to start to see some fatigue set in for both sides in particular for Luka Doncic from the Mavs as well as not only Kawhi Leonard but Paul George Paul George played 46 minutes in that last game and he I think four out of these six games he played he's played 40 plus minutes. It's a lot of mileage here in these intense series, Adam, and I think that's where we'll start to see shots getting pulled away from the basket in the second half. When you get fatigued, you got to work for good shots and get to the paint. Well, when you start getting fatigued, that does impact shot selection. So I think in the second half, we'll start to see longer shots, deeper into the shot clock, further away from the basket. Maybe some legs are affected, some shorter shots, shorter rim shots. I'm going to be looking to play the total under in the second half. James, you wanted to
5: see Bogdan Bogdanovich show up for the Atlanta Hawks. How about two threes on the first two attempts for him as Atlanta gets out to an early lead? Uh, those who played the Bogdanovich over two and a half three pointer prop, congratulations. You are on track uh, to go the right direction. Uh, the one that obviously I've played throughout this Mavericks Clippers series has been Kristaps Porzingis on uh, under his rebounds prop. I, don't find many of these that I like as much as I've liked this, but 5-0 and playing this one thus far, and I think I have finally reached the point where I've bled this stone as dry as I can. Kristaps uh, Porzingis is even money to go under 5.5 today. Look, five rebounds, uh, six rebounds in the last two games. I don't know that I want to push that envelope too far, so I think unless I see this pop up to a better plus money price on the under, I'll probably pass on that today, however, I also played a points plus rebounds James last time 22 and a half on Chris Stapp's Porzingis, which of course cleared easily uh, only had seven points in the last game. In fact, eight points, seven points, nine points, three of the last four games. There's an alt line hanging on Chris Stapp's Porzingis here in Las Vegas plus 300 under 10 and a half points. I'm taking a long look largely because it's boom or bust when it comes to Porzingis. He's either going to have 20 or he's not going to be a factor at all. So I'll give, let me give you a couple bets. I'm going to give you that right there, the plus 300 on the alt line. There's also a matchup bet out here on Paul George and Tim Hardaway Jr. on points in which THJ is plus 250 to score more points than Paul George. And you talk about young legs versus older legs. Either of those bets intriguing to you.
6: I think well I think we're we're thinking about George I think George is going to struggle tonight. I think he's going to have we talked about the minutes played for Paul George and uh, he had to play he's playing putting a lot of effort on the defensive end playing 46 minutes the other night never came really obviously came off for two minutes out of that game, and four out of these six games in this series, he has played 40-plus minutes, and I just think from from this standpoint here, I think it's what we talked about the under, it's going to be a lower scoring game, having to expend as much energy on the defensive end as Paul George is going to have to do. We'll see how they're going to match up with Luka Doncic tonight. I th- I, they can't continue to just to switch the ball screens or, or go underneath the ball screens with Doncic. They're going to, in my mind, they've got to double-team the ball and get it out of his hands, so so here, if anything, I was looking at probably getting involved with the props. You talked about Porzingis. Yeah, I, I played a couple of those with you later in the series. So I I'm take my money and run with Zinc. Porzingis as far as the rebounds concerned because I think there's going to be a lot more misses, especially in that second half is what I'm banking on. So maybe just errant rebounds coming his way uh, might hit there. But Paul George was looking at his numbers as well. Uh, and, and now I'm trying to find him back up there. It's 25 and a half points in this game sitting at $1.22 to the under I like that there I don't think Paul George is going to get to 26 points I think fatigue is going to sit in for him and really it's going to be Kawhi Leonard that if they're going to win this game and we saw it in the last game game six second half in particular fourth quarter take over that game and win it I think that's where it goes it goes to Kawhi Leonard's hand in crunch time second half I don't like Paul George to score 26 points that would be the other bet that I would make in the prop section here I mean,
5: you look at the fact that Kawhi Leonard at 31 and a half is juiced on the over to minus 30. If Kawhi Leonard's going to take that many shots, Paul George isn't getting to 25 and a half, uh, based on the pace of the game. And as you said, based on the fatigue for the amount of minutes that he's played. Uh, here's a guy who's not going to have to worry about the amount of minutes played. Unfortunately, James Harden, who left yesterday's game right after it started. Looks like that right hamstring that kept him out for the better part of a month toward the end of the regular season has flared up again. Nets do end up taking a lead as big as 19 points in the second half and winning by eight against the Bucs. Bucks missed a ton of shots. James, uh, James Harden, if he is out of this series, does it make you any more inclined to think about the Bucks, or were you scared off by what you saw out of that Bucks offense
6: yesterday? I think for me, I feel like I'm in a better place with the two bets, the two series bets I have with the Nets to win in six games and win in seven games. It's plus four plus 400 and plus 350, respectively. I think with this, thinking about there's still, yeah, the big three – that's what's clutch when you get into these playoff games, into the fourth quarter. Somebody's going to have to shoulder the load to score and take the big shot and create the shot. All three of those guys can do that. Now with Harden off the floor, you still have Kyrie and KD that can do that at any point in the game, but in particular, the fourth quarter, create a shot for themselves or their teammates to take the shot and make the shot. And I think that was the concern with me with the Bucks: Who was going to be the other guy on that team or the threesome there to help out Giannis when it came to... Having to make clutch shots and carry the score helps carry some of that scoring burden off Giannis's shoulders. Was it going to be Drew Holiday? Was it going to be Chris Middleton? We saw both of those guys have terrible shooting games last night. Now I think they'll get better. They had plenty of open looks yesterday. It's one thing when you have the open looks and they weren't going in. But as these series get deeper, now it's not just the physical aspect of it, it's the mental piece to it too. You got to have the confidence and the the wherewithal to feel like I'm not. To take I'm gonna take it, but I'm gonna make it, and that's the confidence piece that I just don't trust with the Bucks here. But now with Harden being out, probably who knows how long he's gonna be out. That gives me that that gives me a little benefit now to feel like all right, well maybe there's a game or two where we're gonna see the Bucks be able to shoot well, win a couple games, get my series price in right. As well as we've seen the Nets, we saw it against the the Celtics. They're gonna take a game off as well mentally. I don't think they're gonna bring the same energy game in and game out like they did in game one. Uh, but great performances especially out of Kyrie first half and KD yesterday in the second half to carry out that game.
5: The 76ers have made seven of their first eight shots. The Atlanta Hawks have made eight of their first 11 shots. You wanted an opportunity to get in on an under in this one. I already took it. 230 and a half uh, was the live line that I saw. And I just don't think this pace is going to keep up between these two teams. So I'll grab my tiny little piece of 230 and a half and see where we go from here. Two big games in the National Hockey League coming up today. We'll update you on the leaderboard from the Memorial as well. It's betting across America from Beeson.
6: to start listening
5: This is Vic's Betting Across America presented by Bet MGM at the South Point in Las Vegas Adam Candy at home in Denver It is James Salinas joining me as we go through the big news in the NFL. Julio Jones being traded to the Titans, as well as the Hawks and the Sixers getting started here. 26 points for the Atlanta Hawks through eight minutes of this game. Both teams shooting the lights out thus far. It is 26-18 lead for Atlanta, just under four remaining in period number one. Uh, Sixers go to the line trying to bring that a little bit closer. James, a couple of hockey games coming up today. Canadians and the Jets, as well as the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. And I want to go there first between... both of our hometown teams the vegas golden knights now trail the series two games to one against the colorado avalanche a fantastic game on friday night avalanche led till the final five minutes of the game two to one two quick goals within a minute by the golden knights they end up winning three two and getting themselves back in the series today it is pretty much even golden knights minus 110 avalanche at even money five and a half year total juiced to minus 20. uh what did you think of what you saw out of the avalanche on Friday night.
6: I think they felt they looked overmatched as far as the the energy and the intensity, not only on the ice from the Vegas Golden Knights, but also in in the arena there as well. And now it was basically full capacity. I think pretty close to it, outside of some empty seats behind each bench, and that's the, that's what we're starting to see. And I think that's factoring in from handicaps from last year, both NHL and NBA playoff bubbles, is we're starting to see the the energy impact that that has emotionally and. Psychologically, for players and teams when they are playing at home, and and so now obviously a, p- a pivotal game four. Now, even though thinking about game three, Adam, for as much energy was in that building, and as a, a, to me the the Golden Knights were the better team for the majority of that game. Five minutes, roughly five minutes left to go in the third period, and it was the Avs with the with the one goal lead, and then back to back goals within a minute or less than a minute, even for the Golden Knights, uh, really just changed. Obviously, we've got them to pull the win. What I want to see out of the Abs now is how did they respond? How are they going to come? Because they got to blow through a banged-up St. Louis Blues team, uh, got to take in full advantage of uh, really a, a, not so much a tired team out of Vegas in that Game 1 matchup last Sunday here, but but really it was a tough spot for Vegas, winning Friday night, Game 7, at home, traveling, quick turnaround to now play an Avs team that had been waiting for basically a week, rested and hungry and ready to go uh, I'm not really sure I, I haven't played this I'm not really sure where to go with this I do have an abs bet for gate to win in six and win in seven games at really big plus prices so I think for me I'm kind of hoping that we'll get a win out of the the Knights for my own bets uh, for the series but as far as this game tonight we've got to see a better uh, a better performance out of the abs and I think that's what we should see but I'm still a young team here that I want to see how they respond to really a game that they felt like even though they weren't clearly playing better Better than the Vegas Golden Knights in that game had the lead late and let it slip away.
5: I might advocate for betting this game live instead of betting it pre-game, and there's something that you need to watch for very closely. You need to see how this game is being called by the referees. Are they calling it tight? Do you see some penalties early versus are they going to play a free-flowing wide open let them all sort it out themselves game like they normally do in the playoffs. Here's why at five on five. The Golden Knights have absolutely dominated this series. Uh, 60% Corsi 4, which is the puck possession opportunities metric. Uh, that is domination against the Colorado Avalanche team that did that to everybody else throughout the season. They led the NHL in Corsi 4 throughout the season and expected goals 7-3 to three in favor of the Golden Knights at even strength. Where it changes is on the power play. Colorado Avalanche in this series, through three games, have five power play goals to one for Vegas. Their power play is as effective as anybody outside the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if they are able to get that power play unit on the ice with any regularity, and remember in game one, they had four power plays in the first period. If they get that power play on the ice, they're going to have opportunities to score and to keep up with the Golden Knights. The other thing I want to see. Prior to this game, does Jared Bednar, the coach of the Avalanche flip up his lines at all? He did so in the third period against the Golden Knights in the last game. And that is something that shows when a coach has a little bit of desperation starting to set in that he's not getting the results he wants from the matchups. And remember, you're on home ice here for the Vegas Golden Knights, which means Pete DeBoer, the coach of Vegas, gets last change. He gets to match up the way he wants to match up against the Avalanche. Great game on tap here. 8.30 p.m. Eastern start tonight between the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. Talk about the Jets and the Canadians as we go on as well. When we come back, we're going to talk a little NFL Coach of the Year. Which of these three coaches doesn't belong? We'll tell you on v We have a new feature on VEASAN.com. Every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at VEASAN.com. Maybe that next sports bet will be live on the Atlanta Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers as we continue here on Begging Across America. Adam Candy and James Salinas from Las Vegas and Denver. 37-27 Hawks leading the Sixers here with 42 seconds remaining in the first quarter. Actually make it 38-27. A uh, couple things that we pointed out pre-game, James, you talked about Bogdan Bogdanovich, and what would be his contribution to the Atlanta Hawks? Uh, He has been outstanding thus far. He's into double figures as the Hawks are now live three-point favorites. The total is pushed out to 233.5. I mentioned Trey Young in those three-pointers. I'm close, buddy. I'm close. Uh, I've officially entered bad beat territory because he's got two in the first quarter on four attempts. I need one more to cash that plus 150 ticket. So uh be pretty rough if I didn't get there. Trey Young uh, with 12 points as the Hawks have looked very good early on.
6: They're getting every shot that they want, starting with turnovers. I think right now. It's points points off turnovers. Is the, the, I think the last I saw, Atlanta had 12 points off turnovers versus Philadelphia's two and ultimately that Philadelphia turned the ball over seven times early with Embiid in the lineup. He had two turnovers as did Ben Simmons had three turnovers that, that Atlanta was able to cash in on some runouts and some kickouts and I think that's what I'm looking at Atlanta's half-court offense not only in transition but their half-court offense. Really impressed right now of how well they spaced the floor I mean, they're doing some no-look cross-court skip passes to to certain spots on the floor where guys are moving to the open spot. Like, this is a team offensively right now, even though DeAndre Hunter is not playing. And actually, he hasn't played a whole lot, especially the latter part of the season with the knee surgery and then came back a little early and then had to go out again. Right now, I love what I'm seeing out of the Hawks spacing the floor, and they're shooting with a lot of confidence. And that was the one thing, the intangible thing that we talked about coming into the series, too, Adam, was the fact that Trey Young, and his, his young player, but you see his confidence on the floor, his playmaking ability, but I feel like they, they just really follow his lead when it comes to the the. – they're playing – there's a difference between being quick and being in a hurry. This team is not in a hurry. They are very deliberate with what they're doing, even though they play very fast. Love what I'm seeing with their spacing out on the court, and then they're shooting right now lights out, shooting with a lot of confidence.
5: How about forty-two twenty-seven with the ball by the end of the first period? They're going to get one more look at the basket here. Is uh, Kevin Herder? Not sure he got it off. Wouldn't count it anyway. Sixty-nine points at the end of one quarter between these teams. The Hawks are now live four and a half point favorites. Two thirty-four in total. If you want to get involved, Joel Embiid does have nine points here. Early, we talked about the fact that his prop was twenty-one uh, to go over or under. James, let's take a look at who does not belong for NFL coach of the year. I love these segments and who doesn't belong among these three coaches, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, and Brian Flores for the dolphins are all 16 to one for NFL coach of the year. I have a very strong feeling about this, but I want to know what you think before I start ranting about my thoughts.
6: I'll start this segment with just saying I like all three of these coaches I, I talked about. I'm not a fan of any teams. I don't have any allegiance. I don't get a cut when they win the Super Bowl and, and get a Super Bowl ring or anything like that. So I could care less who wins. I'm just looking at who's going to cover and that's the team whoever I'm betting on. That's who I'm rooting on. But I do root for players and I do root for coaches. And I think for all three of these coaches, they I'm a fan favorite of all three. But when it comes to who doesn't belong here NFL coach of the year. Well, I think looking at Andy Reid, that's the first one that comes to mind for me, just thinking, okay, well, I think uh, uh, Mr. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes has said that they are looking to go undefeated this season and be the first team to actually go, what, 20-0 and 0 in a season? Well, I guess that's the bar now for the Kansas City Chiefs, so anything less than that, uh, how can Andy Reid be coach of the year because the expectations are set so high? And I think, realistically, that's not going to happen. They're not going to go undefeated. We know that, and adding another game onto the season only complicates that matter, but I think for Reed now, he's the staff the culture. He has been there for such a long time, and now we know what the identity of that team is going forward. I think here it's for for Andy Reid. Unless they do go undefeated, he's not going to be coach of the year. He's already established himself of what this team is. The expectations for Kansas City are so high; it's Super Bowl or bust each year. That anywhere short of that, and even if they have a a, a, a you know a what, seventeen win, even if they have say a a fourteen win season or a Uh, 13, 14, I can't even see a 15 wing season coming out of here. The expectations are so high, Adam, for the Kansas City Chiefs that I just can't see how they're going to surpass those high expectations during the regular season unless they go undefeated. So make mine, Coach Andy Reid does not belong within these three coaches for Coach of the Year.
5: Absolutely agreed. Andy Reid has entered that Bill Belichick kind of territory where there's so much respect for him that he's never going to win coach of the year. Like uh, It's become assumed that he is a great coach, and the one who is assumed to be a great coach with a winning team is not going to be rewarded. Kyle Shanahan should be way, and I mean way, shorter than 16-1 to 1 in this group. If you look through the top half of pro football-focused graded teams last year, The only one that has a losing record is the San Francisco 49ers. They had the most money of any team from their salary cap on injured reserve throughout the course of last season. And they still were outstanding. Kyle Shanahan is a sorcerer and this team is going to be much, much better this year. I think they're going to win the NFC West. I think they could potentially be a 12 or 13 win team. If that happens, I think Kyle Shanahan is right out at the front of the line for coach of the year and probably a true number might be closer to 12 on him than uh, the 16. I would pop him out of that group before we end this particular segment. Do you like both of these guys or only one? I'm sorry. That's a terrible joke. Uh, Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa for defensive player of the year at 11 to one.
6: I, it would, if it's if it's one or the other, to me, it's going to be Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, coming off another ACL injury. He's missed so much time. Young player, he missed last year. He had he had a, a left. He, not only ACL, cartilage damage last year, most missed most of the season because of that. Also had a season-ending groin injury in college. And then in high school, he blew out his other knee and so missed that season. So just so many injuries that his body just coming back, even though he's a young player, always ultimately susceptible to injury. Not that his brother's not. Joey's had his fair share of injuries as well, but it's a tall order, I think, right now for Nick Bosa to come back, not only from last year's injury, but his history of injuries to come back and lead lead the league uh, on the defensive side to be player of the year. Don't see it.
5: I'm with you. Only one way to go uh, on that bet. I'm not trusting a guy coming off an injury at that short of a price. Jonathan Von Tobel joins us in just about 20 minutes to talk Mavericks and Clippers. We'll have plenty more when we come back here on Betting Across America from v
6: to start listening.
5: Bet fearlessly on your favorite sports with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code v 600 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use promo code v 600 to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan-dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line. 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This promotional offer is not available in Nevada. VEASAN's betting across America comes to the bottom of its first hour and... James Salinas, when is the bottom for the Philadelphia 76ers going to arrive? Um, My goodness gracious, the Atlanta Hawks are blowing them out of the water 14 minutes into this game, 47-27. The 76ers are shooting 59% from the field and losing by 20 because they've turned the ball over 12 times. Right now, if you want to bet this game live, Hawks laying nine, total of 230.
6: And that's just, that's where it starts right there. You talked about the turnovers 12 turnovers in basically 14 minutes of play. How much of that really, I think it's the defensive pressure we're seeing out of Atlanta. We're seeing the speed. Right now, Atlanta looks like the faster team out there on both ends of the floor, closing out well to shooters and, and Philadelphia. I don't know if Philadelphia was prepared for the collective team speed at all of these positions that are out there. I mean, I think with with, with the Sixers here, uh, this is, they. yeah, you said they've shot 58% but they only they've only had 17 shots through 14 minutes of play meanwhile the hawks have taken 27 shots and looks like we're going to get another three pointer that's getting knocked down here right now Ooh, yeah, right there. There is a 50 to 27 right now with the Hawks. This is what happens. That was Lou Williams that hit that three. I think here we talked about the confidence level and really no pressure on the Hawks to come in. No one is expecting them to come in and do much here. It was all the talk of how many. It was all about him being. How is he going to play? And wh- how many games were the Sixers going to win this series in? And right now it's the Hawks that are like, hey, we're we're out here, too. We're playing with a lot of confidence. We just rolled right through the New York Knicks and we're coming in. Here's another three pointer, even old Gallo is. Is getting in the act fifty three twenty seven right now, Hawks.
5: I I don't even know what to say, James. This is unbelievable. Uh, Hawks are now 13 and a half point favorites live. I would expect that to even grow uh, by a little bit more. And I have to be honest, I would not get involved with the 76ers even at these double digit price because of the fact that uh, if this gets out of hand even farther than it has at fifty three twenty seven, I have to assume the starters are all coming out for the 76ers and Doc Rivers will just kind of write off game one.
6: Yeah, thinking about it right now, and now that Howard's in, I think uh – we, you saw you saw Embiid play about nine minutes. Had a couple post-ups, a couple threes attempts out there. Got to the line four times and half his point. He has nine points. Had four points from the line. Looks like the starters are walking to the table right now. So you're gonna see. We'll we'll see when the starters come in what that's gonna look like. Because ultimately the bench, they were down 12 when the bench came in, and now that lead has expanded to 26. So whatever they were hoping from the Philly bench coming in did not right the ship. It only got worse. But I think yeah, I don't want to get involved with this game. I'm looking to get a – you're going to get a big number with the Sixers. I'm trying to pull that up right now, but it looks like it's off my board out here currently. No, it's up back up half right now is the live line in favor of the Hawks. I don't want to get involved with the Sixers, to your point, Adam. Yeah, if this thing starts to continue to progress, especially with the health status of Embiid, why would you continue to – it's one game here, and, and Doc River's been around long enough to know, all right, sometimes teams have these hot shooting nights, or in this case, hot shooting days, and can get things going, and you just come back, Adam for the next game here. I think another miss by Embiid. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with the Sixers right now. The Hawks just look like the hungrier team and by far the quicker and more confident team.
5: Bogdanovich, three of three from downtown for 11 points. Trey Young has 12 and he hasn't played in the second quarter yet. So uh, this is a whitewashing thus far. By the Atlanta Hawks got some baseball games getting started here shortly as well. James, it looks like you and I are on the same game here between the Diamondbacks and the Brewers as we get Corbin Burns going against Caleb Smith. Uh, I took first five under four at even money. How did you get involved in this one?
6: I got involved with the pitching matchup. I'm starting to see these dry up, and you know I've been playing a lot of these pitcher props, and knew the market was going to start catching up on these. And I'm not even being offered a lot of these pitcher props anymore. But there was a prop here. I, I like Corbin Burns. I mean, he's he's one of the top pitchers in the, in all of baseball, and in particular the National League. We know the Brewers struggle to score runs, uh, so rather than it was sitting the the number was sitting at minus two fifty, laying two and a half dollars on a Brewers team that you never know what you're going to get out of that lineup was not something I wanted to go with. I looked at the first five, but really I just wanted to go with Burns uh, just because I just don't trust the Brewers to do their part to score. They're playing against here. You're looking at Burns and his prop. As far as outs were concerned, we're sitting at 17 and a half. I laid it. I laid a dollar fifty. Now I'm looking at it here. It's up to a dollar seventy-five. So I clearly got a better number. I don't I I can't recommend laying a dollar seventy-five. I usually don't like to recommend laying a dollar fifty on anything. But when it comes to somebody like Corbin Burns, how many outs is he going to get? Basically, you got to get through got to get through five or gotta get to this to uh through six innings here. He's done that in six. He's done he's pitched at least six innings in seven out of his nine starts so far this season. Season. you're playing against the diamondbacks team they've been beat up all season long through that lineup and it's really affected how they have played the last month of the season this is a team they've struggled on the road all year sitting at nine and 24 but thinking about <laughs> they've only got two wins in their last 20 games it's really a diamondbacks team struggling you're going to go match up against this pitcher here in burns that was the route i went so let, rather than laying a 250 on the Brewers to win this game with Burns pitching. I laid the dollar 50 with him to go over 17 and a half outs. I understand exactly why you would
5: do that and
6: my first four bet
5: comes from I should say first five under four bet comes from Corbin Burns and the Milwaukee offense Uh, Corbin Burns obviously has been outstanding. I don't need to uh, enumerate his stats. He has been one of the best pitchers in baseball thus far. The Milwaukee offense is abysmal. Uh, Weighted runs created plus one of my favorite stats for measuring Offense versus other teams. and Essentially, how do these teams match up to what the league average is looking like this year? Milwaukee is 28th in baseball in weighted runs created plus. They're down there with Pittsburgh, Colorado and Seattle in their range. So I don't believe the Brewers are going to be able to hit. Caleb Smith actually has been respectable. Guys kind of bounced around for a while since having some successful times with the Marlins. Uh, it was under four and it was even money on that under four. I don't trust the Brewers to hit the ball, and I don't trust anybody to hit Corbin Burns. So that's the way I decided to uh, to go with that one. The big news that we have to make sure that we keep you posted on, of course, is the trade of Julio Jones. He has been all but sent from the Falcons to the Tennessee Titans. James, let's get everybody caught up on all of the odds moves that have been associated with that. We've got this from our friends at BetMGM. I'm going to run down the list here, and uh, I think I already know how you feel about this, but for everybody else out there who's just hearing about it for the first time, first on the Titans, as we look at how the odds changed with the trade of Julio Jones from Atlanta to Tennessee, Uh, They were plus 110. They go to plus 105 to win the division. Obviously, that's a very small move. But they go from 22 to 1 to 12 to 1 to win the AFC. They go from 40 to 1 to 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. On the other side of this, and this is the one we haven't talked about, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons to win the NFC South. Before the trade, 7 to 1. After the trade, 9 to 1. 35 to 1, the NFC goes to 40 to 1. Super Bowl goes from 80 to 100. We know who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. We know how much they bring back of the Super Bowl winning team from last year. Uh, James, outside of that, I'm not sold on much in the NFC South. Carolina has a big mountain to climb, and we have no idea what they'll get out of Sam Darnold. And the Saints are essentially in a rebuild right now. So uh, c- could I sell you on a small piece of Falcons at 9-1 to in the division?
6: If that was if we could get him to come in second place in that <laughs> division, then I think so right but I mean with, with thinking about the Buccaneers the, the entire team's coming back Brady now is going to have a full offseason a legitimate offseason to work with his team as opposed to some of the things they were doing uh, outside of what was what was allowed last year but I, I just I, I just can't I can't get past Tampa Bay I mean this is when you were talking about Tom Brady out there he is just such a driven athlete we haven't seen anybody do what he he's done in any league and in particular for Brady how driven he is at his age to to be such a leader here I just can't see how Atlanta maybe fighting for second yeah you, you, I mean you talked about thinking about New Orleans yeah they're they're 12 and 14 but no more Drew Brees so what is that going to look like at the quarterback position plenty of pieces on the defensive side. They did lose a little bit on defense, but I think we're going to see a lot more running game coming out of the Saints, but then thinking about the Panthers, I think, yeah, that's where it comes into is, I don't know what we're going to see out of the Panthers. Young defense for sure. Sam Darnold now coming at the quarterback position. A lot of question marks there, but I just can't get past the Falcons. If anything, it's going to be the Falcons competing potentially with New Orleans for second place, but even that, I still see New Orleans, even with the questions at quarterback, what that's going to look like for the Saints still a lot of good pieces on that Saints roster. Uh, to me, I think Atlanta is third best within that division.
5: Well, Atlanta is definitely first somewhere today. Uh that's in Philadelphia where the Hawks are leading 60 to 36 with 5 minutes remaining in the second quarter. They are 12 point live favorites. The total sitting 226 and a half live after going off roughly 220, got down to 219 in some spots, uh, James, I'm, I'm guessing I can't tempt you with either of those numbers considering what we've seen.
6: No, I can't. No, I I, I'm good. I'm good. Right where we're at. And, I'm just sweating this Embiid. Right now I'm sweating this Embiid total. He's chucking up threes left and right here. He looks doesn't look hobbled, but right now Embiid is looking tired and this whole Philadelphia 76ers team right now looking really kind of got putting their heads down and kind of just looking dumbfounded. We're not expecting this blitzkrieg that they're seeing out of the Atlanta Hawks right now. Told you
5: I was entering bad beat territory on that Trey Young three-point prop. Let's see how much he plays in the second half. This is going to be a sweat. Jonathan Bondoble joins us in just a few minutes to talk about the Mavericks and the Clippers here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: I'm Saleh Mosin.
2: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is